Hey Jibbers and Jabbers, it's J-Mac here. This is just for you audio listeners. Thank you very much for listening to us as long as you have. We much appreciate it and we hope you're still enjoying it. But we would love it if you would go and subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you love what you hear, you'll love what you see. Get over there now, click on subscribe to keep up to date. Thank you. I knew you. I knew you were absolutely waiting on that to take ages. <laughs> no, that doesn't happen anymore, man. I completely trust you. <laughs> welcome, ladies for and gentlemen. Now, for now. Aye, for now. <laughs> uh, welcome, everyone, to Brightburn, the episode where we deep dive one of our, one of my favourite recent year horrors. I don't know if I can call. I don't know if I can call anything a horror anymore because I tend to not see movies as horrors. Unless they're like, hooga, hooga, hooga. <laughs> and they're not like, what? <laughs> hooga, hooga, hooga. <laughs> I, I know what you mean though. There, there's there's a lot of films that come out and that they're, they're billed as, or certainly if you if you look at the IMDb profile or whatever, it will say mm-hmm. uh, action, thriller, mystery, horror, and you're like, where's the horror? Yeah. Uh, I don't know, man. There's some pretty horrific stuff in this, but we shall get to it. We yeah, there, there's definitely a horror in this. For me, it was kind of like the darker side of like a Marvel movie, which for me was just yes, absolutely yes. So we're gonna we're gonna get into it. But before we go ahead and deep dive Brightburn, we should uh, give you guys the chance to see what it's all about if you've never watched it before. So here it is. Mom, who am I? You are a gift. We believe that you came here for a reason. I know it's been difficult for you lately, that you feel different from other kids. Just the floor, Brian. You are different. Caitlin, get my hand up. He's a creep. Help him up. Doing? I want him in hand. <laughs> Do you even know who his real mother is? I'm his real mother. Let's go. Oh, you got me. Maybe there is something wrong with Brandon. And hand away. I will never turn against our son. He's not our son. With me. 
boy around by chance. You're one of the only people in the world that knows how special I am. There are believed to be no survivors among the 268 passengers on board. I know there is good inside you. Corey! I want to do good, Mom. I do. Damn, that makes me want to go and see it again. But then again, I don't have to because I've just seen every kill. There I was trailer. just going to say that. That is another example of a trailer that goes way too far in how much it gives away. But I think it's one of the ones that you only realize it after you watch it. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? Because there's no and there's no kind of insignificant kills in this film. There's Everybody that gets killed in this film matters in some way. There's no incidentals. So uh, it's, it's a bit of a... Bit of a stinking trailer, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> As I was watching that, going, "There's the end." <laughs> that, that's how the, he dies. That's how she dies. <laughs> uh, for those of you wondering, this uh, review will contain spoilers. So if you don't worry, if you've never seen it, just switch off just now. But um, I hate saying that because it just sounds like you're driving away traffic. But and you know the numbers I mean. just went up. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all all deep dive episodes are essentially spoilers because yep. we have to use the 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 source material in order to to do the show. Um, so as always, we kind of pick the movie that we want to review. Uh, it's kind of like a long form review. We'll try not to keep it too long tonight. Uh, we'll kind of try and keep this show running smoothly from beginning, middle, and end. And we'll kind of give you our thoughts on Brightburn. So we'll just go ahead and get whacked right. And it <clears throat> starts off, right? Camera panning up. Uh, and, and isn't it funny, right? The, the way they tell us that these people are trying for a baby, right? Is the view of a couple. Like, they've not just got one. Or, or we're infertile book. They've got like 40 of them all. It's like <laughs> the camera literally goes from like the credit sequence, like the opening titles, to then it kind of just pans across their bookshelf and it's like, we want a baby, but we can't <laughs> on every book. I swear to God, I was I was waiting for the handbook for the recently impotent. <laughs> <laughs> Pregnancy for dummies. <laughs> 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 oh the blank fires handbook. <laughs> this is no offense to anybody that ever has those issues, but we're we're, we're more making fun of the the way that the that this was told to us in the beginning title of this movie. It's very very clear based on the library. <laughs> <laughs> that they have an issues conceiving a child, um, and they are <clears throat> getting to it, and then next thing you hear a big, and it's like, wait a minute, wait, what's that? Before you know it, we're seeing a mo a montage of this child growing up, right? <laughs> I mean, you, you've essentially got the the opening to Superman, 
I mean, it's it's pretty clear. I mean, it's made clear for the the get go that this is a not an anti Superman film, but it's it's Superman if he realized how if he realized how powerful he actually was and how much control he could actually have. That's, I think he did though. I think Superman does know because Superman turns all bright burn eventually. I I think it's it's more a I hate to say it, it's probably more a realistic depiction of what would happen. Um, oh, I mean, absolutely! You, is. You, you you know what happens? You you give you give an arsehole a supervisor position. <laughs> you know I mean? That's, it happens, and uh, it's it's one of these it's one of these things that you you, you give somebody that's got a wee bit of prick in them. Yeah, you had no idea what was going to happen. You go full so, prick. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> never never go full prick. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, it's like saying to a child, "No, you can't have another biscuit." That right eye blow a hole in your face with laser eyes. <laughs> That's the reality of it, isn't it? Yeah, it's good. It's a good. Th- it's a good thing that he didn't kind of realize until he was older. Otherwise, well, like, I mean, you imagine, imagine being like four, and you're like, "I'm the most powerful thing in the world." Cookies, sweeties. <laughs> thing is, he'd, he'd be the fattest superhero in the world. <laughs> I don't think he realized, mate. He was called upon by the 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 source of his power. I think on it because it was his twelfth birthday that that uh, we thing started going, Roka, 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 Roka. and then he was like, "What? What? Ashoka Shark Pakora, three pound nine, quick." <laughs> so we technically see this happen this we this we mon- montage, and it kind of skips ten years into the future. So when you first see him, he's two. Ten years into the future makes him 12 so he's now 12 and it's his birthday and he's just trying to get his heat done one night and then what happens you start hearing these strange noises coming from the their barn and everything lights up red almost in the gate style that old movie that old classic <laughs> and everything starts shaking and he's like you fucking and then he goes down and he's like oh, how did i get into this man she comes she's like you all right man and he's like oh what the hell's going on oh i'm scared goes back to his bed one thing i say right the movie, like the movie, very quickly gets into him with his powers, right? So they're infertile. They've now randomly got a kid. Where you can understand, okay, it was an explosion. They've got a kid. Then he's got like two minutes screen time of just being a blank kid before he then realizes, wait, wait a minute, this is this is how things are. And then you already dislike him. At no point did you get a chance to really like him. You didn't get a chance to see what his normal day-to-day life was as a child. You just knew that he was a blank kid. It, it took me until a bit later on in the, in the film to realise that I, did, I do not like this. I have no sympathy for him. Yeah, um, it, that that comes way later on. What I would say is that the the casting in this film is surprisingly good. I mean, really who would have like D- David Denman, who plays oh. the ultimate knob in the, the American Office. Yeah. Uh, with Elizabeth Banks and oh. the, their their chemistry is really really good. really good. I remember thinking very, that very very believable as a as a couple. Uh, my initial thought was the chemistry between them and uh, Brandon mm-hmm. uh, was was quite crap. But then I was like, that's probably completely deliberate. It's mm-hmm. like from the get go, you know that things are just going to go upside down. Um, mm-hmm. So casting, casting wise, this this film was really good for its for its main characters. I, I have to can, can sing its sing its praises for that one. I I kind of disagree with that. The casting's absolutely class. And here's here's the thing that gets me though, right? 
So um, the wee spaceship thing comes down, smashes right into, oh, would you look at that? An infertile couple's house. <laughs> what are the chances? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What are I, the chances of that? I mean, oh. it, the, the moral of the story is, if you find an alien baby in the forest, fucking leave it there. <laughs> <laughs> I pretty much. I mean, it was uh, for me, I was like, all right, you're just kind of picking this baby at the ground. I mean, that must have been a, an awkward one to, to explain. But, you know, no questions asked. They did live out in the middle of nowhere. That, that is a very clever move. Do you know what I mean? These, these, uh, these people, um, Kyle and Tori, is that Tori, right? Tori, Tori. Uh, they, they probably wouldn't have been the most active members of their kind of local community. They, they lived in the middle of nowhere. They were hardworking. They, they had to run a farm. So they could maybe get away with just showing up one day with a baby. And that's actually mm. really clever. I never, never kind of thought about it until mm. right now. Uh, it's, not even in my, it's not even in my notes, but I, it's probably a, it's a good move. So All listen, right. we live in the middle of nowhere. This baby's just landed here. Let's just say that, I don't know, nine months ago you'd done the job. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we have got all the books to prove it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> We've been trying. <laughs> imagine what imagine what it would say in one of those books. Get it up, get it in, get it out, get it in, get it washed. That's <laughs> like, it's not even a chapter. So in fact, there's a better chance of it working if you didn't wash it before the next day. <laughs> <laughs> um, I get, I'm not qualified to talk about, well, in fact, I think I am. I'm qualified to talk about. Normally, I make a joke about how many kids you've got at this point. I'm not going to do it. I mean, that, if there's anyone, just... if there's anyone qualified on how how not to be infertile, how to be the complete opposite of that, I'm going to start calling you Genghis Kev. <laughs> <laughs> you remember what he done though, right? Yep, he had a lot of babies. He the other stuff, babies. The other stuff he done. Yeah, a lot of bad stuff. That's why I'm not going to talk about it anymore. <laughs> I am not going to goad you. So um, <laughs> we see then. So it is very quite fast paced at the start. We don't have a baby. Want a baby? Got a baby. Cool class. Twelve years later, baby's now seeing lights in the the mm. the barn, and now he's got superpowers. To that part that you've seen in that trailer, he's he's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm strong. He's trying to start a lawnmower. The lawnmower goes flying. I don't know. I, I don't know if that lawnmower should ex exactly be intact because I don't think it would have had you thrown it that far. But it's still intact. It's on now. It's working. And then get this: he puts his hand in the blade, and the blade breaks. Aye, it it really came at a very very quick assumption about. I the can fight. throw things fast, eh? <laughs> that must mean my skin won't break. No, exactly. That is in my notes. <laughs> like, right, okay. So you, you've just lost the tatty. You've launched a lawnmower. I mean, a lot of us have thrown something when we get frustrated. The thing he threw happened to go further than we expected. Then he just walked up to it like this. Well, I guess I'll not lose my hand. I don't know how he came to that conclusion. Like the, mm -hmm. Again, it's talked about later on about the fact that he's never bled, he's never been cut, but it was never mentioned before that. I think if they'd mentioned that beforehand, that, that scene might have worked a bit better. Like other people knew, but he didn't know yet. You know what I mean? But it mm. just went straight into, I'm going to uh, just try and stop this blade here. So, <laughs> oh, thank God that worked. Otherwise, <laughs> otherwise I'm uh, a hand left, down, <laughs> left and stumpy. <laughs> uh, bright stump. <laughs> That's a different film. 
It's from the a very, a very niche movie. That one, <laughs> uh-huh. pretty much. So they that 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 happens, and then we kind of see him. It's his birthday, obviously, that same day, and he's in the diner with a boy for Breaking Bad and his missus. That boy for Breaking Bad, uh, what's his name again? It uh, can't he mind off the top of my head, but he is destined to always play a stoner. Am I right? Like he's um, never not going to play a stoner. <laughs> his name's Matt Jones. He yes, plays Noah. I did not know he was in Breaking Bad because I've never watched Breaking Bad all the way through. I've I've seen like the first season or two, um, but I got bored. Um, I'm sorry to say I did. I got bored. What are those so, things? Who, who was he in Breaking Bad? He was like my friend, one of my best friends. In Breaking Bad, yeah. Science, bitch! <laughs> Everyone's always referring to me as Jesse Pinkman, so I thought you would have got that. Uh, to, I get it now. <laughs> yeah. So um, I, he's one of his best friends, and he plays... In, in, in this Brightburn movie, he seems to be more mature than the character he plays, but he still has that very... Soft, like He'd fit right in on a Kevin Smith movie. You just know that, right? Um, Kevin Smith? Aye. aye. Hmm. I, I, I do get that. He was very likable, though. Um, yeah, yeah. Aaron Paul, of course, it was. That's, Aaron that's Paul. the one. That's the go. one. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it was. It was kind of. It was kind of. Um, in this movie, it was nice to see him playing someone a bit more mature, but he still has that wee innocent part about him, wee innocence to him, and uh, it was quite, a, <laughs> quite a shame. <laughs> but uh, he gives this kid a gun for his birthday. Like, can you imagine your kid turning twelve <laughs> and he rocks up and is like, "Tada! Here's a gun." I've got three words for you. America! Give me the other two words. Oh, yeah! <laughs> That's why that happened. That's why yeah. that happened. Again, it, just, it goes to show you the the kind of... It does go to show you that kind of rural American, American culture. is like, oh, he's 12. That's time for a gun. Ah, you can shoot um, for a gun. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I, could see, I could see why they did that. What I liked about that scene was the fact that uh, Kyle, his dad, was like completely against it. Oh, yeah. He's like, eh, hell no, bitch. Yeah, he's like, you're not ready for a gun. You're 12. Mm-hmm. But, but at that point, obviously, he he just discovered that... You don't need can, a gun. He <laughs> can stop, a, it can stop a, a lawnmower blade like that. Boom. So when he gets given the gun and then his dad's trying to take it away, he's just like, no... He goes in. He's, he's like God mode within three minutes. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, he's like, hey, I think I'm going to be getting that gun. <laughs> he's like, no, you're not. So, see, you know that gun? They're my gun. <laughs> uh, you know how you said that I wouldn't have that gun? Got it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, the, the film does a kind of a really good representation of how mothers and fathers can clash over things. And kind of keep it silent at the moment, but then discuss it later. It happens mm-hmm. all the time, mm-hmm. and you see that in this film quite a few, quite a few times. It gets worse as the movie goes on, but that's like one of the the first moments yeah. um, where you kind of see. Actually, ironically, it's it's almost back to front. You would think it would be the dad that was like, "Yeah," and the mum that was like, "What are you doing, giving him a gun?" But it's the complete opposite. <laughs> um, and that Donna. was nice. It was it was fresh. Ah, absolutely. Donna Kinnear says. I have a t-shirt with his pretty face. Can't wear it because it says bitch. Gutted. I mean, essentially, you could wear it. You could just wear it. What says bitch? 
a picture of Aaron Paul's pretty face. Ah, right. <laughs> I, thought, I thought we were still talking about this film that we're doing a deep dive on. <laughs> I was like, I was like, I'm gonna call her Jane. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, He's taking us off on tangents before I get on them. That's impressive, man. I, I'm normally the first one going to trot away on a wee tangent. So, no, no, here comes Donna Kane. <laughs> She's gunning for your spot. <laughs> this is why we love doing these shows live, and this is why you should join us in person. So, if you are listening to this on Spotify, Google, Google Podcasts, all that cool stuff, if you're watching this in the archives, Come see us live, hit the subscribe button, and you can see when we go live, uh, because like J-Mac the second, Donna Kinnear, <laughs> <laughs> you can have fun and we can have fun together live. Yeah, um, And if you happen I, to be listening on Apple Podcasts, please, please leave us a five-star review, because that really helps us grow. Thank absolutely you. does. Well done, J-Mac. Look at you. Look at you. <laughs> Look at that sweat patches. They're <laughs> <Yeah>, coming. <laughs> Donna Kinnear says, I am a Ouija. Um, I am a Ouija. <laughs> um, so she lives near you then? Do you know what's funny? <laughs> I don't know why I've just noticed this, but just on this screen, it looks like you've got wee tiny legs. <laughs> 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 oh, Jesus. <laughs> class, class. So I so they, he tells him he's not getting a gun. It's not gonna happen. And then they go into his room to search it like all parents do in movies. They search the children's room and they find oh he's like, oh I uh, some good wee Victoria's Secret stuff there or to that effect. Going through it and then <laughs> it gets worse. And you know what do you know what I do you know how I know he's a psycho? It's not the fact that he's got pictures of the female anatomy and then like the dissected female anatomy. It's the fact that he's put it all in order <laughs> so, so that you're looking through it all like linear. Like, yeah, this is where she starts with her clothes on. She looks great. She looks great. <laughs> we cut her up a wee bit, cut her up mostly. And now you can see all our intent. It was all in order. Uh, it's like a, a, wee, a wee flip book of psychopathy. <laughs> Yes, uh, actually, yeah, yeah, I, I'll be honest. I never wrote that down. I never noticed it. So, nice. well, well done, you. One, well then. done, you. I'm not just a, an Aaron Paul. Uh, <laughs> I won't say look like because I don't see it, but um, an Aaron Paul. What? What's everyone? I mean, when you get called something, uh, doppelganger. Mm, I'm not even a doppelganger. Like, I'd have look to agree like, with it. Look like. Mm, mm, look, look like. No, it's more people pitchfork it to me rather than me actually like agreeing with it. Yeah, you get what I mean. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think the first person that, that ever said it to me was uh, my brother. <laughs> he was like, hey, uh-huh. "You know, Kev looks like Aaron Paul." Like, no, he doesn't. Shut up! And then we've had like eighty comments over the course of the course of the podcast with uh-huh. folks saying, oh, "Aaron Paul's got a Scottish accent." <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesse! <laughs> so you going to Jesse, <laughs> bitch? <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, so ten. Uh, what was in there? So he discovers all this mad porn stuff. Now, do you think he was jacking off to that? Or do you think he was just like, right, this is what I'm going to do to someone? Because he doesn't come across overly sadistic. And neither did, or, or we don't know he did, because we never got to, a chance to see him in those 12 years growing up and what kind of stuff he was into. Mm. We just kind of seen him as that blank-faced little prick. It's hard. It's hard to say. Like it's to, to be honest, when they were flicking through those pages, I, I was surprised that they didn't all you know, just stick together. Like that was the first thing that really shocked me in this film. I was like, "Wow, That's how you know? 
Wow, so, you can know. still separate those. They can still separate those pages. That's really unusual. <laughs> um, but no, I, I don't. I, th I think he was curious. Like, I think that the whole film is almost like a metaphor of what happens when your kid becomes a teenager. Do you know? Mm -hmm. Like, you, you feel like all of a sudden you've got this little angel. Then all of a sudden you've got a little bastard demon that you need to try and deal with for the next five, six, seven, eight years. I never ever um, thought I had a de uh, an angel. I already just got. I got demons that become all right. <laughs> I know, but, but you can still kind of pick them up and hold them and give them a hug. And then it gets to the point where you can't pick them up anymore. You can't hug them without them trying to smack you in the jaw. And it's like you've got, you've got a different being on your hands, you know? <laughs> and I think yeah. that's, what, that's, that's what this seems to be. For me, That that's what this the whole film felt like was was like a, it was a, a depiction of the, the extreme end of how parenting can feel like when your kid comes to a certain age it's just like i can't deal with this anymore what the mm. what the hell of a what the hell of a bread what what the hell is this thing is this even mine yeah um, i would say that that um i would definitely say that this was a more extreme example for sure oh usually 100%. Uh, <laughs> i mean I, I mean most kids when they get to 12 can they stop a lawnmower blade with their bare hands <laughs> um uh, but Aye, but I think I think there is there's there's some. I, mean, I know you're a big fan of a metaphor, Kev. Um, but I think this whole film is a metaphor for uh, puberty in that moment when your your child isn't a child anymore. I think that's well, that's what it feels like to me. Anyway, there's quite a few metaphors in this movie. There's there's one that can, uh, you know, when he's talking to the teacher about the wasps and yeah. how they can force other uh, like other insects to raise their children. Mm. Is that not what the parents of him have done they yeah. forced they forced the infertile couple to raise their child and then told it to strike i mean i'd be curious to see what might still happen in the future with this franchise uh, i don't think it was quite a, as successful as they hoped it would be but i think it's one of these <sighs> films that it might be a, a bit of a slow burner or a slow bright burner i think it might just take its time to catch on and eventually people will will actually see uh, I mean, I'm not going to, I'm not going to kind of spoil this here, but this is a good film, and it's it's way way beyond its six point one rating on IMDb. We don't yeah. use Rotten Tomatoes. I think Rotten Tomatoes is silly, but I think that there's there's so much more to be had here, and it's a shame that it, it stopped where it is at the minute. I don't know what's going to happen with it, but I think there's there's definitely more to come, and I think the the, the wasp thing. I mean, even he, the, like the mask that he eventually kind of puts together. I know, what even is, is that? It's yeah. is a wee bit waspy, if you look at it. You know, it's, it's yeah. kind of smooth face, but with the, the kind of piercing eyes. Aye, um, there's there's a lot of stuff in here. There's a, a mm -hmm. lot of stuff in this film that I think could get overlooked and has been overlooked because nobody I, I, nobody talks about this film. No, that's nope. true. And that's that's why I wanted to do this with you. It was a couple of weeks mm. ago we kind of decided to do it. It's true. It's one. It's one of those ones that I really enjoyed, and I would like. This is one, and and spoiler alert for what is coming ahead on our show. It's one I would definitely like to physically review. It's one I would if I saw a special edition of it that has a steel case or a slip off case with some extras in it. Yep. Yep. Cliff. Nice one, man. <laughs> yep, yep. This is definitely one of them. So after after um, they find his porn, we then have uh, the birds and like, the bees. Wait, actually, I need, I need to address that for a second. Like, uh -huh. like when they when they find his porn, what they found was what we all used as porn before we could get porn. <laughs> you know, I, I remember having <laughs> ten pages out of the bra section in Argos catalog. <laughs> 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 they were never bad. This <laughs> porn. 
until the age of like 24. (laughs) (laughs) Do you mean 34? Oh, fuck it, 36. It's basically, essentially, handmade house porn, um, which I suppose for guys like yourself. It's just not as good as takeaway, takeaway porn. You know what I mean? You get hoose rice and takeaway rice, and you get hoose porn and takeaway porn. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> rented stuff for the rented. Um, so I, he he then gets the birds and the bees chat from his dad. Oh, which, best again, best awkward scene ever. Do you know? Mate, could could you imagine trying to film a scene like that as an as an actor? Put yourself in David Denman's shoes at that point, right? And you're you're in front of essentially a twelve year old kid, and you need to try and talk to a kid. Even though it's lines and it's acting, it must be awkward, you know. Mm. And it comes across as really awkward. You know, he did not enjoy that conversation, and it comes across no. in on the screen. the The conversation was just brutal. Yeah, and the kid doesn't exactly make it easier anyway because he's no much of the, you know, the conversationist. No, he's a bit. Um, it, it really he reminds me of. Almost like a kind of Damien sort of thing, where he's just kind of quiet and calculating. Um, <laughs> it's, it's that that kind of thing. Yeah, uh, but that that scene, I, I did write that down. That that scene was it felt really awkward, and it just reminded me of the fact that eventually I'm going to have to have that conversation, and I I don't know how I'm going to have to deal with it. You know, you I remember, look, get, I remember get, get it, get it washed, get it fucking scene. <laughs> <laughs> a t-shirt. Um, so I, I think. Like, I mean, I remember running away for that conversation when I was a kid. Like, I remember it was actually it was my mum that that tried to sit me down and have the the birds and the bees conversation. I remember running away. It's like, I, I like literally was like, nah, no doing it. And then <laughs> you go to a sex education class in primary seven at school. You're like, wow, little <laughs> killer bird, man. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, so uh, uh, that was that was that was a good scene. It was it was fun. It, the, there is a, a kind of really dark sense of humor throughout this film. Like even when it gets to the really nasty stuff, sometimes you do kind of giggle a wee bit. But then you giggle, then go, "Ooh, <laughs> should have really laughed." Um, we, I've got a couple of images of that to to show <laughs> some oh, of my favorite excellent. some of my excellent. favorite images of that. And so at this point, he then ha- so it's like he has the the awkward birds and the bees conversation, and he's like, "Ken, what I fancy doing." stalking the real assay that I fancy at school. <laughs> and then at, th- at that point, I'm quite confused as to what powers he has because he can change our music without even being in the room or he was in the room. He was just moving I so think fast. it was a, I think it was a speed thing. Uh, I, think it, I think it was speed. Here's a question he, for you. He wasn't right? on speed, but I think he used his speed to open it and start the song. Was a, Did <clears> you see him in that scene? Yeah. When did you see him? Standing behind the curtain. I never saw that. No, he, he was definitely he was standing behind the curtain, and then her mum came in. She's like, "There's somebody behind the curtain," and then it was gone. Uh, but he was definitely he was definitely there. Um, <laughs> what did you see, Brandon Bryant? So, sorry, can we can we just um, one thing I noticed uh, looking through the trivia for this thing is everything in the trivia for this movie was oh this is like Superman in this way, this is like Superman in this way, this is like Superman in this way. Before I looked at the trivia, I was like, "Ah, oh, Brendan Byers, BB, Clark Kent." You know, there's the alliteration in the name BB CK, but it's the same sound. You know what I mean? But the trivia is full of that crap. 
absolutely uh, full to the point where it was annoying me. I stopped looking at it. I was like, I'm, uh, I'm not going to, I wrote nothing down for trivia because same. it was all the same crap over and over and over and over again. It was, it was absolutely just exactly what you're saying there. Um, so see the part where he's now stopped Caitlin and he comes back and he's like, ah, see your chickens, man, doing my nothing, staring at the chickens. Right? <laughs> Guy comes in, he's like, hey, all right, aye, chickens are going after heat. He's like, aye, I'm fine, I'm fine. And the next scene, he goes out, right? <laughs> I love this. He goes out and he's like, well, it was him. Look, the chickens have all been skinned. <laughs> done in, right? <laughs> he's done in all these chickens. He's like, I saw Brandon was out here and he was staring at them. She's like, oh, it was probably Wolf. He's like, what? 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 Wolf rips a door off? Like a lock off and then rips the door open. Right. Uh, so she uh, what kind of wolf kills chickens but doesn't eat one of them? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but she's like, oh, must they Brandon? Don't be stupid. <laughs> so but, what's now wolf? This is this is where the theme really starts of the the, the motherly protection that any mother uh -huh. has over a over a kid. I think that I mean you, you might disagree, and anybody that's watching might disagree. I think a woman does have much more of a connection to her kid as a father does. It, it's because of the fact that they've carried them, they've birthed mm, them. I don't know. No, no. I think again, we we can debate this maybe, but I think that there's a there's more of a a physiological and biological connection between mothers and children than there is between fathers and children. So I think that mm. a mother will deny a kid's wrongdoing longer than a father might, and I th I think that that you met my wife. <laughs> Uh, I'm good cop. <laughs> I, I again, you're a different, you're a different breed. <laughs> I'll I, think take you, it. I think you might have fucking landed here. <laughs> I'll take um, it. <laughs> but I, that's that's my opinion. But that that moment is the start of the whole kind of the, the parents really button heads about about his behaviour. Um, so. There's, right, more, there's more to say on that later. I think you're right in regards to, like, are you looking at a universal scope? Yeah, I think mothers are more likely to, and it may be because, but again, I'm, I'm not a doctor, I'm not a scientist, but yeah, when Science you're a child, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. when it, when you're a child, you tend to gravitate more towards your mum as the one that's going to give you hugs. The dad's going to sit there and like, and that is that's the. I, I don't think I have that, and I think that's I think that's something I actually lack, and I need it. <laughs> but that's a whole other podcast. <laughs> um, so he stops Caitlin, does in a couple of chickens, right, and then the next day at school, Caitlin's like, "Oh, we're doing a trust exercise. How fitting, right?" And then he's in like the wee circle, and they're pushing it. That's some scud. He twats his head, right? <laughs> it's quite, and he, quite a dunt, eh? And he doesn't mind that. He's like, ah, he'd say not. But then he's like, she's like, help him up. And he's like, no. We, we have to, we, we need to give this some context. This was during like, a trust exercise. Everybody did it when they were like, at the Cubs or the Scouts or the Girls Brigade or the Rainbow Guides or whatever. You, you would just kind of stand on, like stand on the ground or stand on something high and just fall back and trust everybody else to catch you. And that was just a done thing. It's probably way against health and safety regulations at this point, but that used to be the done thing. What was funny is like when when she remembering the fact that, that he was standing in a room the night before and creeping her right the foot, 
she was like, ew, and stood away and he fell. And then one of his classmates just went, eh, way to trust the floor. <laughs> I burst out laughing. <laughs> it was such a stupid joke. That same kid had made a, a, a bad joke earlier on that wasn't funny, but that one, I, I did laugh. It was like, way to yeah. trust the floor, man. <laughs> you just know at this point, these bullies are getting it. These bullies are getting it. Yeah. And it's that point where she's like, she extends her hand to help him up after calling him a perv and dropping him on the floor. And he's like, and he just let Play-Doh man just snaps her wrist. Clean he kind of snaps it and then pushes it back. As well. it's, just, it's, it's like, it's like if, if, if you looked up knackered hand in the dictionary, that would, that would be the picture that came up. Everything just went every way it shouldn't go. Uh, so, uh, aye, um, that, that's the kind of first moment where you kind of go, "All right, this film's different. This is uh, this is something." Okay, mm-hmm. yeah. And then after that, obviously they're in the the principal's office and they're like, "Your son's needing blah blah." And she's like, "Oh, like, come on, baby. the kids." It's like, "Man, have you fucking seen my daughter's hand?" <laughs> right? <laughs> and then he does that whole cold walk past the whole Damien thing from Omen, where he's like, ah, "He's like." <laughs> right, and he's he's proper cold as hell, staring at the mum. Then she's working in the diner. She's like, ah, "What's that? Smash, mate! That eyes, eyeball." I remembered it happening. Right, I, I, I remembered oh. it happening for the last time I watched it. But when I watched it this time, it just seemed so much more horrible. Like you can oh, see man. in the picture there, right? She's there's clearly there's a shard of glass hanging out of her left eye. <laughs> and I think that like, when she starts trying to pull it out, you're kind of like, no, no, leave it in, leave it in. It's better, <laughs> it's better if you leave it in. But then you have to put yourself in that situation. So like, could you stand anything in your eye without trying to take it out? You can't. It's, it's an automatic reaction. Your eyes are so sensitive. In that moment, she pulls it out. The eye fills with blood and starts kind of pouring down her face. But that was really clever. Like from that point on, it showed you quite a few things for her POV. And it was like one one side was red and the other side was was clear. That was a really clever bit of cinematography. I really like that. Really, really like that. A really quick sidebar: a glass like this. Right, it's my only time. My only time kind of being like that. Right. What's in that glass, by the way? It's an IPA. An IPA. What is it? Uh, oh, I can't mind which one. Ah, oh, damn uh, it! Oh, I forgot the name. Uh, Ho- Hobgoblin's up next. <laughs> I like a hobgoblin. Oh um, no! <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not, so, a, I'm not a fan of the whole hobgoblin. Aye, man, it's a class. So I was uh, putting. I, I actually struggle night. to get. I struggle to get hobgoblin past my mouth, so I like to call him gobhoblin. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> so I was putting dishes away one night, right? And you know when you open my cupboard door. There'd be latches that hold it there. They obviously stick out almost like a triangle. Yeah. And then it shuts, right? I put a glass in and I pushed it. And you know when there's too many glasses that we push one, one comes at the other end. And I pushed it and it fell. It fell and smashed off that hinge right into my face. And the smallest, smallest, smallest piece of glass went inside my eyelid to the point that to the point when I closed my eye, I could feel it scraping off my eyeball. Yeah, scraping off my eyeball. I got it out very quick. <laughs> the thing is, when something scrapes your eyeball, you kind of go, "Oh, is that scraping my eyeball?" Then you move your eyes just to check again. 
<laughs> oh, yep, and then you it go, definitely is. <laughs> and then you go, ah! <laughs> right? And another time, another time, I was taking a guitar out of the back of a car, right? And uh, whoever had used this guitar hadn't cut away, they'd restrung the guitar and hadn't cut away the ends, uh, right? And I pulled it out and it went, what? Ding! Straight in my eyeball. And to this day, you can still see where it's stuck right in my eyeball. And that was the last day anybody saw that guitarist. <laughs> <laughs> Some people say that. <laughs> Playing guitar ain't no fair tale life. <laughs> uh, I that say one. that, say they gotta play guitar and say watch a neho. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the last time they ever saw. It truly, Two was. Things it truly <laughs> was a Shawshank tradition. <laughs> <laughs> Two things happened that night. Kevin had a sore eye and he never played guitar again. It's like Boggs never walked again and Andy's farts never made a sound again. <laughs> so the cop discovers the bright burn symbol on the thing. I mean, I mean, you're in a crime scene. What makes you go up to a window and go ah? Uh, I did I did think that at first, but like if you look at a, a clean window, you can see oil like from a hand from, from like, yeah but why why oils why did he, he he did that to accentuate it so they could then take a photo of it aye but here's the thing you're in a crime scene uh, first thing i think when you're in a diner is that some kid's been writing on the window you know oh it's a clue man look at that it's a clue. it was it was right around the whole diner though was remember? it uh so it was he only did it on one part but remember when they walked when uh, sorry, it wasn't when they when they walked in. It was when the attack first started on the the waitress. Yeah. Like every window was covered in these things. So uh, I think he he spotted he spotted them and they just went to one of them. Uh, that makes sense. Um, and then he goes and stalks his teacher slash aunt. Right. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I, I was halfway through that film before I realized that the aunt wasn't Kate Hudson. <laughs> I genuinely thought she was Kate Hudson. Jennifer until... Holland. Is that her name? Right. Mm -hmm. I didn't. I didn't even look it up. I, it's, to me, she's just not Kate Hudson. <laughs> Wait a minute. I, and I've just realised right now that the aunt and the teacher are two different women. What? Mm hmm. They are. Nah. Jennifer Holland plays Miss Epson Shade, and Meredith Hagner plays Merrily McNichol, who is married to Noah McNichol. Two different people that look exactly alike. No, nah, that's confusing then. Cause I, I, no, 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 no. Me, yeah. No. Mm-hmm. Miss... Can you bring? Can you bring that up? Can you? Yes, can you bring can. that up on screen, yes, please. Um, Thank you. Yes, I can. Here we go. Here I can. Here I can. Size of my face. <laughs> I'm just gonna hide the show notes. Here we go. <laughs> show notes. Is that what you're hiding? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Look at this. Look at this right there. Right there. Look at that rat there, right? Oh, oh! <laughs> in fact, we'll do this. No, in fact, we'll go by the way. Look, who's that? And who's that? It's it's been shied. Oh right? no 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 no! Sorry, no, that's that's right. No, I knew that. I knew those were two different characters. Sorry, I'm way off. Because uh, mm, uh, one no, of them, had, one, I did. One of them had the big kind of sixty style glasses at the start of the movie, and I don't think she ever really showed up again, did she? Who? The Etchkinschnischt one, because she was really pretty. Because I remember her, but I don't think she ever showed up again after that. Aye, so are they the same person then? Nah, they're different people. So I'm right. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> but they do look so alike, don't they? Just blonde and pretty. That's it. But genuinely, man, I did not realize that that wasn't Kate Hudson until a scene that we'll probably talk about later. Aye, aye. So uh, he goes to his teacher's house and he's like, ah, oh no, it's his aunt's, isn't it? And he's like, ah, all right, pal. He's all the pattern that she's like, you need to get out of there. You need to get out of here. Um, so he goes out and then Noah's like, ah, <laughs> the hell you did, my man. He's like, ah, you're coming home, blah, 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 gain him all the pattern. Then guess what happens? He's like, ah, no, no, throws him against the, the garage. <gasps> and then the chase is on. Just, just decide to tell him. Before we, before we go any further in that scene, what I loved about that, and it wasn't until the whole sequence was over, but what I loved about that sequence was the fact that you thought that it was the ant that was getting it. You you think that the ant is pan breed, but then it just does a total switcheroo on you, and mm -hmm. she survives. Guess who, doesn't he? <laughs> but we'll talk about that because it's pretty epic. <laughs> Mate, so he gets chased down in the car. And then Wee Brightburn picks his car up. His name's no Brightburn. That's the name of the town. But Wee Brandon Brightburn picks his <laughs> Brandon car Brandon Byers. Let's call him Michael Myers. Fuck it. <laughs> uh, Michael Myers. And then it's like, he then, I, I'm not quite sure how that happens, but that's pretty much what I look like when I wake up. The face that, that um, Noah makes when he's dead is the same face that I make when I wake up. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, need a, I need a drink, that, man. That really gave me the it didn't give me the heave but it did make my bum hole twitch a wee bit <laughs> <laughs> it's like, the sound but it's the sound it's like, like it, honestly like my memory of watching this movie the first time now i, I did notice when i watched this on i watched it on netflix today uh -huh. now I, I and it was rated 18 okay now i remember this movie being a 15 uh. okay so that like for american audiences that like, you're talking from r to pg-13 Okay, so I thought it was rated R and it came out to PG 13. And I was watching it and there was stuff in it. And that particular image is one of the things that were in it where I was like, I do not re remember that being as kind of horrible and visceral <laughs> the first time I seen it. Oh, and what happened, was. I, I kind of the sequence was actually quite funny up until that point because, like, <laughs> like, like Brandon appears in front of the car and he's just <laughs> he just stares at me, he's like, Nope, nope, nope. <laughs> Nope, 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 this ain't happening, this ain't happening. And then that happens, and you see his face hit the, the, the steering wheel, and I thought that would be the end of it, and then <laughs> it wasn't, kind of, looks to the side, he's like, and kind of holds it up. <laughs> and it's, it's horrible, man. There's something about the image of a jaw not being where it should be that is horrific. You've seen it in previous movies, like Roadkill, they rip, they rip the guy's jaw off, um, mirrors with Kiefer Sutherland his sister in that film she gets her jaw ripped off in the Is that bath not, and... mate, that's Elizabeth Banks uh, no it's not it's Amy Smart it's Amy Smart they're, they're quite mixable upable <laughs> uh, but that's it's Amy Smart she was in the butterfly effect as well um, yeah. but she should and then she, she shows up as a kind of ghostly image in his rear view mirror and she like the jaw is gone and it's yeah. just this horrible horrible thing to think of a jaw getting ripped off because the thing is you can survive that shit <laughs> and that's what's really terrifying about it you, you can survive without a jaw and that's screwed up man like oh i can't talk about it anymore it's making me twitch 
Sir German claw hammer. So th- thanks for bringing that image up as a total surprise, by the way. Jackpot. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. So then Kyle confronts Brandon, pushes him into the wall, and he gets pushed into the wall. And this is the first time where the parents are like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. You've got super, super strength, don't you? Super trooper. <laughs> we know. We know. <laughs> Uh, so he gets he gets pushed into the wall and he's like, ah, well, I can't take him on. At first he's getting at the hole, no, no in my house, no in my house. And then he's like, hey, hear me, hear me. I don't want any trouble. <laughs> <laughs> don't want any trouble in my house. <laughs> Again, that's something that most fathers will experience at some point. They're going to try and discipline their kid and the kid's just going to be like, going then. And it's a, mm. it's a terrifying thought. It's a terrifying so. thought. Mate, my kid's seven, right? Mm-hmm. And he could probably beat the shit out of me than I <laughs> so when he gets, when he gets to, to like 13 14 i'm not going to be able to stop him from doing anything it terrifies me terrifies no, I, me i don't think so because when your child views you as the dad as the dominant regardless of their ability that like brock lesnar won't kick his own dad's ass that's just not going to happen Mate, says, you, ever, you ever met my wife do you think i'm the dominant person in this household i am not <laughs> I'm literally well, not wearing trousers right now. <laughs> <laughs> God. So Kyle uh, then decides, well, <laughs> Kyle then decides, right, hey, get this. I'm going to kill my child because he's stronger than me. Because it goes very quickly from I've got pushed into the wall to I'm now going to shoot him in the head. I totally sympathize with Kyle, by the way. Like you can see the, the gradual kind of slight kind of hesitation and the slight. Like the thoughts about Jesus, what is what is he going to do? He's going to kill me. He's going to kill my wife, and it, it progresses quite quickly to I need to get rid of this guy. But you can see in that scene where he takes him camping by himself, you see the pain in his face when he has to make that decision. Like I'm going to, I'm going to bump him off. Mm-hmm. It's really, it's really unpleasant. It's not yeah. nice. Yeah, and then just shoot someone, and it's like, ping. Did you just try and kill me? <laughs> and that's when you really see the fear in his face. He's like, "Shit!" <laughs> right. um, it, it's it's that <laughs> like he does that, and then he kind of looks away, reload his gun, and he looks up, and then Brandon's gone, and he just he's just like, "Oh man!" <laughs> he just he knows he's he knows he's screwed. Um, but again, the it's wee, there's wee moments of humor like that throughout the film mm-hmm. that that kind of break you away from the the nasty seriousness that that goes through it. Um, uh, but it, they, it, and it, it works it works really well this is kind of where the movie ramps itself up towards the, where it's going towards the mm. end like very quickly he decided right I'm doing this kid and kids like that no you know how about some laser eye surgery and blows a hole in his dad's face with his eyes which by the way speaking, is also of, the... speaking of blowing a hole in your dad's face there yeah. <laughs> I don't know how that relates to blowing a hole in your dad's face. It was just blowing a hole. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you see here, this is off of the boys, isn't it? The boys obviously borrowed from this. Bloody hell. Sounds like a dog, sounds like a dog barking back there, mate. <laughs> That's what it uh, was. So, <laughs> so this, uh, this is a very powerful scene. Looking right in his dad's eyes, blowing a hole right in his skull. That must be Sarah. <laughs> I like I like that. It's like this is a really intense scene, very deep, staring right in at the dad's eyes, 
that must be sir. <laughs> I, was expecting, I was expecting you to go on a, like a wee conversation about what it would be like for your own child to stare into your eyes and just just make the decision to burn, burn right through it. And you were just like, that must be sir. <laughs> Imagine that though. Like you're looking at somebody's eyes. For any American Odysseys, the word sir means painful. <laughs> so he's like, like, ah, yeah. Like, imagine what you would say, ah, and then you're dead there. Uh. Like, you just react. <laughs> All you can do is react. Like, ah, yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah. know, man. As soon as I seen that wee red glow coming, I'd be like, oh, sorry, man. Sorry for everything. <laughs> sorry, dad. Sorry for everything. Just trying to trying to get any heaven. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, we, it's no that uh, you see him pick you up, the eyes go red, and you look to your left, and there's the wee dudes with the violins for Titanic. <laughs> <laughs> Gentlemen, it was a pleasure playing with you. It's one of the saddest moments in film, by the way. That, that tune, that tune, mm-hmm. it's the way it plays over ever, and just the absolute chaos that's going on. And, and you know that's true. All of them, all of them die. Like, that's a true story. Yep, yep, I know, I know. And every one of them dies. It's brutal. Brutal. Aye. We should, really should do Titanic at some point. Mate, absolutely. absolutely. I think I we've mean, discussed this in the past that we were going to do it and it's just not come to fruition. I don't, I don't think we can do it as a deep dive because we will be there forever. That's like a three-hour show. So we should do it in, in a part. We should make it something fun. Uh, we will do that very soon. It should also We should also put that on as a screening at Bathgate Cinema. One million percent. I never, never thought we'd done that before. I I think that's uh, yep, yep. Ross Ross is in tonight. Music makes everything. Absolutely true. true. Ross uh, very, Ross very actually true. owns and conducts uh, music to m- movies to musicals. I keep saying that. Like, music, <laughs> to movil- music to musicals. <laughs> <laughs> so music to musicals. Yes, you can Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so then he's like. Ah, she just killed his dad. Phone goes. It's like this. Oh, you were right. He did kill Noah. He did rip his jaw off and all that. Kyle. Kyle. All right, Ma. It's me. <laughs> no! So he's like, I'm, I'm coming home to smash you. Yep. Comes- this, this is where the fact that it was set in a farmhouse in the middle of nowhere really comes into its own. You know what I mean? They, they, they don't live in a townhouse in the middle of the city. You know, this is, she is on her own. When he comes back, and it's it works, man. It's 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 epic. Mm-hmm. So he comes um, back. Obviously, he's like, "I'm going to do you." in. cops show up. He's like, "No, no, mate." He's squat- the first cop gets swatted like a bloody fly, and I think it's very the jump scares. <laughs> the jump scares are class. Do you know what I think? It, there's a lot of jump scares in this film that work really well, and even even the false jump scares are actually really good. Like, I mean, you get it in every kind of horror film where you've got. You, you know a jump scare's coming, and most of the time it's our boyfriend the first time. Or a dog, or a dog. Aye, but or a skunk, or something comes out of the, 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 the weeds. But in this film, they do that a few times, but it actually works well. And then uh, in this particular scene, Brandon just shows up out of nowhere sometimes. And like that guy, what's funny is after he kills that first cop, his deputy gets on the, the radio. She's like, backup, backup required, backup re- required. Uh, 217 in progress, 217 in progress. Or is it, was it a 217? 
Yeah, two one seven in progress, and I, I was yeah. like, "Oh, that must be like some kind of." My thinking on it was it was going to be some kind of domestic violence situation. Like this is something happening in somebody's home. You need to kind of come out here. I, I looked up what a two one seven actually was. A two one seven is an assault with mm-hmm. the intent of murder. Right. Bear in mind, bear in mind, the sheriff has literally mm-hmm. just been smeared over the porch. <laughs> what she should have been calling for was first of all officer down second of all that's a 187 that's that's a homicide <laughs> right and third of all intent to murder it fucking done it <laughs> <laughs> he tried to kill people <laughs> they, they, they screwed up that police code but anyway i, I can forgive it that because it, it made for a, a really tense scene and uh that that uh woman who played the the deputy um she did an okay, she did an okay job. She said okay. Um, but You're all I, right, Brian. It should have been should have been backup required. Backup required. Officer burst over pavement. <laughs> he was literally uh, burst everywhere. It was, it was it was like something for the boys. Like was, a, that's what I said. They, they've definitely borrowed from this. Um, it was very much something that it burst like a water balloon, mate. Like a water balloon over somebody's porch. Mm-hmm. And when and the thing is, although you expected him to die, you expected. You expected him to get killed, but it was just like he didn't. He didn't spend. He wasn't at the house long enough for you to expect him to die that quickly. It was just like, yeah. it's like listen, nope. everything, everything's going to be open. <laughs> <laughs> no one. <Exactly. ain't>. <laughs> <laughs> so, right, so the cops basically get smashed really quickly, dead, mm. and then gory. Mom, by the way, gory. I know, I know. Then the mum's like, "Can what?" For no reason whatsoever, just snap enough part of that thing that that he came in I, I, that'll probably kill him right so i'll just i'll just go with that well she knew it cut him earlier on right right remember right. earlier on he fell through the hole and he cut his he cut his hand on that Sorry, he did and he bled uh, i yeah see oh wow look at me <laughs> I'm uh, but, man. but that was where it surprised me i genuinely thought that was going to be the moment where the film was going to be over she would she was going to stab him with that that was his kryptonite and gone would be brightburn but no he catches her halfway through it Flies her up into the sky, through the ceiling, and just drops her. What I loved about that that sequence, her face was all bloodied. Aye, perfect, perfect. She, her face was fine. She flew through the ceiling. He took her up to the sky and stared her in the face, and her face was all cut up to shit. And because because she'd been flown through at least two floors of a farmhouse. Yeah. If you get flown through two floors of a farmhouse, you're going to be cut up to buggery. And they actually <laughs> thought about it in this, and they did it. And it worked to the point where you noticed it. Actually, I rewound it to double check that she wasn't bloody before she went through the roof, and uh, she she wasn't. So, I again, kudos, kudos. Aye. We we things like that we do appreciate. It is class to see. I mean, it's it's quite a sad reality that we're saying. It's quite class to see that she was all cut after being thrown up <laughs> the flights yeah, and then let go to her death. That's class. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful. Uh, and by the way, Elizabeth Banks is a fucking treasure. She's a hell of an actress. Yeah. Have you ever seen Zach and Mary make a porno? Yes, I have. That's so much fun, and nobody ever talks about it. Such a fun film. Kevin uh, Smith. Kevin Smith. Yeah. yeah. Kevin Smith. Like Seth, Seth Rogen. Jamie. Yeah. Yep. Jamie is, of course. Um, mm-hmm. I think there's quite a few people show up in that. Um, but right at the start of the film, um, I think Seth Rogen tries to use one of those kind of 
poppable hand warmer things. You know, you pop them, then they heat up. He tries to uh, use them to heat up his balls in a cold morning, and it bursts. <laughs> uh, uh, so, uh, uh, we'll do that film one day as well. <laughs> uh, absolutely. We'll even do it as a watch along. There's also so, a bit with a lot of brown liquid and sweet corn, which is just horrid. <laughs> oh, mate. <laughs> so, mum goes, mum goes for a fall. She takes the leap. And as he lets her go, a plane is approaching, and he looks at the plane. Next scene, plane crashes in Brightburn through three one six, and it's the uh, it's the Breyer family are all dead. Yeah, only surviving as a child who's sitting eating a cookie like nothing's happened. Yes, and you know that's what would happen. Like if if the, the emergency services came and there was one sole survivor child, they'd be like, right, we need to try and keep him calm while we sort things out. Give him a cookie. Yeah. Just try and appease him, and he's just sitting eating a cookie, like just totally cold, and it's it's quite a ah, it's it's, it's kind of nasty. And like yeah. the, there's there's a really there's a really sinister feel to the way that boy portrays that character. I, I wish I could remember his name. It's, it's something Gun. I know. Yeah. I know, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was It was written by two guns. And oh yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm assuming they're I'm, I'm assuming they're related in some way. I was um, Brian and Mark Gunn. So Brian Gunn is actually James Gunn's brother, and Mark Gunn is their cousin. How can you name be Gunn and you not name your kid Tommy? You just have to. I know. I know. <laughs> Jackson A. Dunn plays Brandon. Breyer. Is it Dunn? Dunn. So oh, I misread that. I thought it was Gunn. Oh, apologies. No, no, no. Uh, the anyway. movie's made by well, the, it was written by Brian and Mark Gunn. And it was uh, directed right. by D- David Yorvaraskar. <laughs> you want to try that again? It's uh, Yaravesky. Yar- <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, so a fine, a fine job on all fronts. His performance, uh, a, y- a young actor. In fact, to be honest, I would say all of the child actors in this film did a, a decent job. Sometimes child actors can be really cringy, mm-hmm. um, especially with something that's not particularly high budget i mean i'm not sure what the what the budget was for this film but you can kind of tell that there's a sparing use of cgi which i love by the way i love the fact that there wasn't it it wasn't through the roof <laughs> literally it, it wasn't it, it, it didn't go through the roof with cgi that the, there was a lot of um kind of composite shots where it was real and you could tell there was a little bit of cgi in the background stuff like that and i love that about this film um and I for, for a mid a mid range budget movie, I think everybody in it did a, a damn fine job. Yeah, it was unbelievable, man. Um, so obviously the the movie ends with Michael Rooker just giving it the whole Alex Jones, uh, and he kind of pays pays homage to Aquaman and the Flash, and they're coming for us, man. The media's fake. Are you brain dead, mate? And all that stuff. Um, so, <laughs> and I thought that ending was was brilliant. It was brilliant. The ending's Song great. It sets, well, it sets up that Brightburn universe for how many sequels? I don't know. But there's nothing happening. Mm-hmm. Nothing going on. And it's, yeah. a, it's a real shame. It's almost like, um, remember, they, they tried to start the Dark Universe with Tom Cruise's The Mummy, and it was a complete flop, so they just abandoned it. And I think that that was a massive mistake. And I think they've made another mistake here. I think there's a lot more to be seen uh, from this uh, Brightburn franchise, and I hope somebody picks it up at some point. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a shame that it's not been taken any further at this point. 
Yeah, it absolutely was. Uh, so for me, it's top marks for the old Brightburn. I know we're going to get to the wee, the wee out of five. So out of five for me, I'll just kick that off. Out of five, Brightburn got five out of five because it was just outstanding. One of those things I will continuously watch throughout the years. I'll recommend it to everyone because it was absolutely brilliant. I enjoyed it. I really mm. enjoyed it to the point I'm like, I want more. I want more. <clears throat> yeah. Yourself, J-Mac? I was going to give it five stars, but I didn't knock it down to four and a half for the 217. <laughs> <laughs> not petty at all <laughs> I had to be petty man I had to, I had to look at it in some way to, to try and take some points off it like this is you know me this isn't this isn't the type of film that I should enjoy right so think yourself lucky that I got to four and a half alright fine <laughs> memorable scenes yes uh, for me I would say it was probably uh, it was a scene where he where he killed his dad. Do you know what I mean? I, I think that that was the point where you just you know that there's no going back for this character. There's no redemption. There's no. This is a troubled kid. That mm-hmm. whole thing is gone. It's just from actually from the point that he killed his uncle. I really hated him for that point on, but mm-hmm. when he killed his dad, I probably hate him. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, my, my memorable scene was absolutely the sore eye, <laughs> the glass and just eye. the <laughs> the glass eye, and just the way that he bursts through the wee freezer. She's like, "Oh, he'll not get me in here." He's like, "Is that is that right?" I yeah, and the, and the scene ends just like that. The scene ends; it doesn't go any further, and then she doesn't show up until the end of the film again, where she's been uh, properly gutted and pinned to the side of the barn, like in the pictures. Yeah, that was ah, nasty, nasty. So I, I mean, there we go. Some proper. Why did he do that? What was he trying to do? What was he trying to do? It, Again, yeah, that was someone... going back to the photographs that he had. He was interested know, but... in what was inside the human being, and he used her as the the kind of guinea pig to actually see it in real life. That's maybe that was his purpose. Then maybe that's why he was sent to Earth. Possibly, possibly. Yeah. I mean, I, I kind of, I was, a, I was a wee bit torn earlier on in the film where I was kind of thinking, is he possessed in some way or something? Because he had that kind of flight the navigator moment where he was lying in bed, and all of a sudden he was hearing this, "Come, come to the ship, come to the ship." Uh-huh. Uh, it did remind me of flight the navigator. We uh-huh. should do that at some point as well, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Love yes. that movie. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, the what more? What more can we say on that man? The, the film, the film was really, really good, and it's a shame that. Again, nobody ever talks about it. Uh, and it's, it's, a bit, it's a sin. It's a cinematic sin. It is. What was your memorable quote? <laughs> right. I'm actually, I'm going to let you give, give yours first because I've got a wee story about mine. Uh, well, for me, mine happens to be... Nope, no, no, no. Just because <laughs> when I think of any... like It's not a movie that's huge with quotes that you're going to quote right away. You know, you're not going to be like, oh, like if I say to you, here's Johnny, you know, <laughs> it doesn't have that. Yeah. But yeah. for me, so I can only really say, nope, 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 because it's that's exactly how you would feel and how you would react if you saw that shit. Yeah. I mean, he's looking at his nephew floating in front of his car wearing like a blanket as a face mask and he's like, nope, yeah. nope, no, no, no. no. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I mean, that that was actually going to be mine, so I'm, I'm glad that I changed my mind because obviously it's rubbish when they're both the same, isn't it? But for mine... I have recently been revisiting a program. Um, I, I work a job now where I do night shifts that are quite inactive most of the time. And, and with the job, they actually allow you to bring in your devices to watch your whatever you want. 
uh, for those inactive periods. And I've been revisiting a program that I loved uh, the first time I watched it, which was only last year and I started re-watching it again. And that program was Last Man on Earth, right? So anytime Kyle said to Brandon, hey, bud, I just burst <laughs> it laughing. Hey, bud. <laughs> and that, that, that was basically, that was basically it. Anytime he said, hey, bud, I was just like, it's last, last man. It's, it's the, my best, my favorite part of that was, hey, Mark, bud. It's when, <laughs> it's when he thought he went to see if his part is like his boyfriend was still alive. And it's like, it's set up to look like he's coming through the door. He's like, hey, bud. <laughs> what, what, what was what was funny about it was as as soon as it happened, like you seen Lewis turn round, yeah. right, and then he's like, "Hey, bud, oh, you thought it was Mark? Sorry, man." <laughs> <laughs> for anybody that hasn't seen Last Man on Earth, I have to thank my brother Brian for turning me onto that show. Yeah. It's one of the funniest shows I've ever seen. Who would have thought a film about a global pandemic that killed yeah. most of the population, like but a few would be one of the funniest shows ever made. Last Man on Earth, Amazon Prime, check it out. Make sure you do. Absolutely. So your memorable quote was, hey, bud. (laughs) Hey, bud. Hey, bud. (laughs) (laughs) So that pretty much concludes our episode this week for our deep dive, Brightburn. Uh, We've been doing quite a lot of deep dives, and I'm thinking maybe we we maybe restructure a couple of the the upcoming episodes so they're not exactly full-on deep dive and more, more free free reign and um, so we'll maybe look into that for next sunday um we are going to be at bathgate cinema on the 31st of july because we will be doing the braveheart screening with sandy and jimmy so it'll be great to see them live in person with us doing a q a doing all the cool stuff and then we'll watch the movie in stunning 4k It'll be an, a hell of a night, so come along if you're in the area. Tickets are only £8.49. It's been an absolute hell of a night. <laughs> <laughs> but it will be great, so come along and see that. Uh, we will obviously film that, so you'll get that content soon. You'll see that what all goes down there. But also head to basketcinema.co.uk and check out what those guys are doing. Absolute great great cinema to go to and we spend a lot of time there doing a lot of events so you will catch us there on the 31st there will not be a box office banter in this coming week because we're i'm going to be 30 so i'll not be in in town and jmax away as well so we're gonna we're gonna well i'll maybe get a wee bit of content to put up for you guys but we'll give that one a miss for that week uh just with it being a crazy busy week but we will be back as normal on the week after and the sunday i'm right in thinking I'm sure we've got something yes. else. <laughs> but we, uh, we do, we do. We have a, a very special guest coming on next Sunday. I don't think we do, because he said in a couple of weeks. We did have a very special guest coming on next <laughs> Sunday. But uh, he can't do it yet, so it's going to be in a couple of weeks. <laughs> yes, and by the way, it's going to be a hell of a guest for you guys to see. Um, it's going to be a hell of a guest. <laughs> uh, but yeah. no, we'll, we'll come up with, we'll maybe do another another one of these for for next sunday or something if nothing else Mm. comes in but uh, maybe Mm. something that we've mentioned tonight could could work its way in there um (laughs) no three hour long one it couldn't (laughs) (laughs) maybe but we also we also need to do a watch along soon uh and find a great cause i have been i have been diving into some really shitty horror movies do not waste it i won't i won't waste i won't even tell you what they are but they're deliberately shit and they're such a joy they're all over amazon prime 
dig into the shit horror. It's mm-hmm. so much fun. And then come like, and they're never, them. never going to win an Oscar. Never even, they're not even good enough to win a Razzie. They're beyond, they're they're below Razzies. But damn, so we're going to make fun. one just for the fun. Of it. Yeah, we will. Oh man. <laughs> so, so again, thank you for everybody that's joined us tonight. Thank you if you're listening in the archives. Thank you if it's been two weeks, two years, two centuries, and you're listening to this now. I appreciate you listening. Uh, give us a thumbs up if you enjoyed it give us a thumbs down if you don't let us know what you like let us know what you don't like and just again spreading the love for you guys being there for us every week uh it does not go unnoticed so thank you guys and we will not see you next we will see you next week skin that smoke wagon <laughs> <laughs>